Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is Tuesday, December 26th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Of course, Rob Kendall has another day off. No, I'm, I'm not bitter. Not at all. He deserves all the time off he's getting every single day. Hey, you know what? Take another day off. Take take tomorrow off as well, Rob. Uh, in his place, we've got the dude, Jim Roberts, joining us. Thanks, Jim, for coming in today. Good morning. Thank you for having me again i appreciate it you know do you remember um the flu game that michael jordan had i know that you're a big really do i remember it only every single day it's what gets me out of bed in the morning i know you're a big michael jordan fan so i know that you'll recall that game where he was absolutely spectacular despite the fact that he had a fever and the flu and Mm -hmm. had been throwing up and it was the playoffs yes i'm familiar so uh over over christmas we we had a little bit of that storm our house so this (laughs) could could very well be the flu show. Um, we could be absolutely amazing, or it could be the most awful thing you've heard in your life. This is the Casey Daniels flu game that's happening <laughs> right here, right now. You think so? I'm getting I think the, so. I'm getting the MVP, right? I'm your Scotty Pippen. I'll, okay. hold you, I'll hold you up. You just keep hitting threes <laughs> okay. and playing good defense, and it's going to be a great show. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's start off by talking about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, and uh, he was recently asked about the possibility of him being part of the Trump administration if, of course, Donald Trump takes back the White House in 24. And he pushed back saying that he was not a Plan B person. I don't know. I think he'll take a position in the cabinet if he's asked for it, right? Everybody says this. Every, yeah. every single election cycle, we see this again and again and again, where we've got a clear front runner. Obviously, it's Trump in this case. Mm-hmm. And then somebody ends up doing pretty well, um, you know, punches above their weight, does better than we've expected. And, and Vivek was a total uh, unknown before yep. this campaign season here. So, of course, they always say, hey, would you be interested in the VP slot? And the second place person goes, I'm nobody's second choice. I'm, I'm running for the championship here. No, of course if he's offered Trump's VP slot, Vivek will take it. If he's offered Secretary of Commerce or Secretary of Defense or whatever, Vivek will take it because he's had no political career whatsoever until just the last 12 months. Yep, and uh, he would he would definitely slide into that spot. He said, I didn't get to where I am. I'm 38 years old. I founded multiple multi-billion dollar companies and uh, he said that him and his wife Apoorva Ramaswamy have been blessed with the American dream. And he also gave a nod to her saying that she didn't get to where she was by being a plan B person. And the thing that I really appreciate about Apoorva is that she's a doctor, but she's actually a practicing medical doctor. As opposed to some honorary right. doctor, doctorate of literature or doctorate of economics or something, yeah. They put out a picture of uh, their family out on X, and I, I also like the picture that they put out because it's uh, Vivek and Apoorva and their two boys, and they're just standing out. It looks to be out front of their house, but it's not a staged photo. It doesn't look, they're not, you know, in front of 
of this beautifully decorated Christmas tree. He did say Merry Christmas so grateful. So it was a Christmas greeting, but it seemed real. It was just him and his kids and his wife and uh, just a picture. And it wasn't this highly staged photo op that every other candidate has put out. And isn't that a little bit what we're all looking for right now? Just Just a a little bit of real. Authenticity, something that's just a little real and like you said, not completely Photoshop and staged and 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 and, and just fake. Mm-hmm. So uh, Vivek calling for eight-year term limits for uh, federal bureaucrats, and also he says that he wants to make Election Day a national holiday. Also implement single-day voting, paper ballots, and government-issued voter ID in all 50 states. Ten minutes after nine, it is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. I got a lot of problems with you people. Get them out. Get it's it out. It's time for the airing of grievances. Of course, we're not talking about our airing of grievances. We're talking about Rand Paul. He released his Festivus for 2023. He does this every year, or at least I believe he's done it for the past eight years, where it's pretty much his issues with the overspending and it's a nod to the Seinfeld episode, the Festivus for the rest of us. And he always releases this report of the ridiculous things uh, that we waste money on in this country. And that's got to be some report, huh? It is. It's a big one. It's a big report. And uh, let's just review some of it if we can. Uh over $33,000 spent on uh monkey business. I don't know I don't know what this is. It's a monkey island. It's the uh NIH's uh, trying to determine how monkeys do with their with their transism. It's absolutely incredible. The good news is it's only $33,000, which in, in the world of government spending mm-hmm. is 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 nothing, absolutely nothing. $6 million for uh, boosting Egyptian tourism. There we go. Now we're talking some real money, Rand. Mm-hmm. $6 million for for boosting Egypt. We spent, mm-hmm. the United States government yes. spent $6 million to help boost Egyptian tourism. Mm-hmm. That sounds That sounds like government. Uh, would you want to go to Egypt right now? I'm not a big fan of Egypt right now. No, I don't. I don't have any interest There's in going. There's just a to little Egypt. bit going but on it, in that region. I, I think you just spelled out the problem exactly. Nobody wants to go to Egypt right now, <laughs> and so we need to be spending money to boost their tourism. You pointed it out. Apparently, there's a lobster tank in the Department of Defense. Yes, you know, what like the cafeteria? A lobster tank. At the Department of Defense, and they spent over $8,000 on that. It's uh, one heck of a tank. I don't I think, know if when, he, when I think lobster tank, I think uh, of like at, at, at the restaurant where red, you go in and, and you sit there and you go, I want that one and that sort of stuff. But is is this part of to be consumed or is this like tropical fish type lobster tank? Right. Uh, decoration. Now, I don't know if that's just the tank or if it's the actual lobster in the tank, but over $8,000 on that. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? They spent a portion of the, that has so many zeros. One, two, three. <laughs> Uh, I think that's $800 billion. Uh, A Barbie doll photo used to get COVID PPP funds. A portion of the $800 billion went to a Barbie photo. Yes, I'm talking about the doll, a Barbie photo. So wait, they photo. paid, that must be a licensing fee. They must have paid Mattel or whoever owns the rights to the Barbie image mm-hmm. a licensing fee 
to use Barbie as a spokesperson for to go get your the COVID, COVID PPP to, to, funds. Oh, not even to get the vaccine. No, no, to no. apply for the uh, yeah the yes. old the old uh, the old uh, funds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot of crazy stuff there on the uh, Rand Paul. Uh, Festivus report. I love how Festivus mm-hmm. and that Seinfeld episode has completely infiltrated every aspect of society every year around Including Christmas. Including our government. Including our government. The <laughs> fact that Rand Paul uses this, you know, oddball Seinfeld episode from 25 years ago. Yep. To make his to make list. to make this information out there about all these you know government overspending. I also saw the article about how the uh, the Orlando airport mm-hmm. on December twenty third, which by the way, if you don't know, Festivus is December twenty third. Right. So on December twenty third, they put up a Festivus pole in the airport at Orlando, <laughs> and they had some paper. Uh-huh. And a little box, and you could air your grievances on the paper and drop it in the box, and it was this full display at the Orlando airport. I'm sure that's just like a, a complaint box, right? I guess it's a, a suggestion box, box. But again, another example about how that Seinfeld episode and festival has has completely invaded society, and and people celebrate it. And you know why 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 is it a pole? Because Frank Costanza finds tinsel distracting. <laughs> and why is it an aluminum pole? Has a great strength to weight ratio. There you All go. good reasons. <laughs> um, so let's uh, find out what your president finds distracting. He was asked about the <laughs> outlook on the economy next year, and here's what he had to say about the economy, sir. What's your outlook on the economy next year? All good. Take a look. Start reporting it the right way. <laughs> all good. The economy next year is going to be all good. Yeah, start reporting it the right way. That's what he's telling the reporters. The reporters have been reporting it some the right way. He just doesn't like that. Yeah, and there's been a lot of stories about this, about how the Biden administration is very angry because the economy, look at all this economic data, and it's showing that the economy is so strong. Mm -hmm. Why don't the stupid American people realize that? Because (laughs) poll after poll says they still think the American economy is terrible. Because the American people actually go to the grocery store and 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 do the shopping, and and they see it. That's it. You know, the American people don't care what the GDP is. A GDP doesn't affect me every single day. The fact that the unemployment rate might be low doesn't affect me every single day. And that's really, I think, where the disconnect comes from. It's because inflation has hit everybody so hard the last three years, and those prices aren't going back. Prices at the grocery store are 30% higher than they were in 2020, and they're not going down, and real wages have not kept up, and so everybody is doing more with less, and we see that every single day when we spend money on things, or when we go to apply for a home mortgage, or when we go to, you know, re-up our lease for rent, or buy a house or anything. Those are the things that impact us on a daily basis, and until something along those lines change, none of the other positive economic data is going to sway people's opinions. Well, well, and I, he doesn't have an idea because he's not the one who's going to the grocery store. He's not the one who's actually out filling up his tank. I think he legitimately believes that he's doing a fantastic job. And Corinne Jean-Pierre, where, where was she? She was on, um, okay, this was on NBC. Looks like it was part of the Today Show. She was bragging about the great data about the economy. 
A recent CNBC survey found nearly two-thirds of Americans disapprove of the president's handling of the economy. What's the disconnect here? What does the president have to do differently so people approve of his handling of the economy? So that's a, there's a lot there, right? We have, we have seen some great data this week that showed that consumer sentiment is up 14% this month, which is the largest jump that we have seen in over a decade. And what that means is that people are spending money, right, whether it is on toys and appliances that they need uh, for themselves or for the holidays. And so that is important, critically important. And I think the second piece, too, is that as families are traveling across the country, going home, going back to see uh, the families for the holidays, we have seen gas prices at under three bucks per, uh, at the pump per gallon in 27 states. So this is the work that the president has done. It's incredibly important. <laughs> 14 million jobs created. That matters, especially as we're going into 2024. Folks are going to probably be looking for jobs. If you think about Wages going up, unemployment oh, is I can't under even. Now let's turn her off. Prices are up 17.4%. Real wages down 2.8% under Joe Biden. Gas prices remain 73 cents per gallon higher than when uh, Joe Biden took office. And let's just look at the past two years. Since January of 21, flour is up 35%. Good thing flour isn't a staple or anything. Baby food up 28%. Bread, 26%. Uh, fruits and veggies, 25%. Chicken, 25%. Ground beef, 24%. Dairy is up 23%. Uh, lunch meats and soups up 23 and 21%. So it's uh, it's that these people aren't living in the real world. They're not going to the grocery store and they just don't understand. It is 19 minutes after nine. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Down on the boardwalk, they're getting ready for See what them racket boys 23 minutes after 9, it is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels, Rob Kendall with the day off, and Jim Roberts, the dude, sitting in today. Now, I've been holding on to the story because I knew you were going to be here. Uh, this happened last week, and this is regarding a uh, Notre Dame basketball game. They played Citadel, and they lost handedly. Notre Dame did, 65-45. to 45. And- So Citadel, for some context, not traditionally a very strong basketball program. In fact, most college basketball games before the new year mm-hmm. are, you know, the powerhouses play cupcakes for the most part. And so that was that was why it was a big deal that Notre Dame lost to Citadel because they shouldn't be losing to a team like Citadel. Well, and they've got their new head coach as well. And his name is Micah Shrewsbury. Yep, that's a yep, brand new guy, first year for him. And he held this press conference after the loss. And he said quite a few things that, almost sounded kind of Bobby Knight-ish, but I'm wondering if maybe he said, let's listen to it, and then we can dissect what he said. Here's the Notre Dame head coach of uh, Notre Dame basketball, Micah Shrewsbury. I apologize to anybody that paid money to come watch that, watch that effort from that team. The, The one thing is they at least got to watch one team play hard. I thought Citadel played connected. I thought they played hard. I thought they played with a purpose. And I thought our team was poor in that area. That starts with me. 
number one. It starts with me, um, and I got to find a way to get these guys ready to go. This game was over before we even got here. We have no energy to shoot around. We didn't have any energy at practice. That's who this team has been. Like, but you also you have an opportunity, right? You you try and learn from whatever the last game was. We're building a culture, and that ain't it. That is not the culture we're trying to build. So a message needs to be sent to some of these guys that, like, if you don't play hard, then you can sit and rot over there on the bench, and I'll, I'll find a way. I'll go and talk to the people in compliance, and I will help you transfer because this culture is getting built the right way, and if you ain't a part of it, you're out, and I don't care. Okay, so that did sound like I, I mean that did sound like something Bobby Knight would say. You're going to rot on that bench. Uh huh. Yeah, ride the pine. So he did say one time that the culture starts with him, but he also sounded a bit like he was blaming the players, which a good coach would never do. I he, mean, he sounded if, a lot like he was blaming the players. Yeah. I okay. Mean, I, yeah, I'll help you transfer. I'll go find somebody in compliance and we'll get you out of here. Yeah. No, he was flat out blaming the players on that. Yeah, and if the players aren't motivated, then that is up to him to get them motivated. It's a big change. So, you, you know, you, you know, you and I lived in South Bend for a number of years, and in our previous careers, both of us worked very closely with Notre Dame and Notre mm-hmm. Dame Athletics, and so we, we're very familiar with him. Both of us know Mike Bray. I'm not going to say we're friends with Mike Bray, but when we would see him out at a bar or restaurant, we'd talk to him and, and you know, have a casual conversation with him and that sort of thing. So we're very familiar with this. Mike Bray was the complete opposite. Yeah. And so this is a big culture change for Notre Dame basketball. Mike Bray was known as probably the most player-friendly coach in all of college basketball for his entire 20-plus year run there um, and was always positive and was always loose and, and that sort of thing. And so now you've got this new coach in Micah Shrewsbury who's come in and things are obviously different. In fact, polar opposite of the, yeah. way, of the way Mike Bray ran that program for so many years. And it's very old school. Mike Bray was 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 credited and, and cheerleaded for the fact that he was a modern coach. And there's some validity to this. You know, there's a lot of research and data out there that talks about how the kids and the athletes today don't respond to that traditional tough love coaching that we, that we all went, you and I went through when we yep. were kids and playing and that sort of thing. So I, this is a, is a big culture change and Notre Dame basketball fans are just going to have to get used to it. Well, I'm wondering if Mike Bray left uh, the situation, if he left it in a bit of disarray. I mean, can you put a little bit of this on Mike Bray that the team that he left was not prepared? I think uh, I think any time a coach leaves, I think the team is in a little bit of disarray. Yeah. So yes, but I think that that's normal for any sort of change, especially when you've got a coach like Mike Bray that was there for twenty plus years. Yeah. All right. So Frank Underwood from House of Cards made a, an appearance, and he talked to Tucker, and we'll get to that coming up from ninety three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels, Rob Kendall with the day off. And in his place, we've got the dude, Jim Roberts, joining me. Um, Okay, so Kevin Spacey, he resurfaced with another bizarre Christmas Eve video. He does this. He comes out and he he makes some statement on Christmas Eve and his his fans gobble it up. Yeah, but... 
He hasn't done it for several years. For he, he took for, a break. For obvious reasons, because there's been a lot of allegations against Kevin Spacey. But a little he, busy. And, 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 and then he did it a little bit differently this year, because he was on with Tucker. Okay, so uh, he's the uh, former House of Cards actor, and this was a seven-minute clip. And it was titled, Being Frank with Tucker. And he reprised... I guess his role as uh, Frank Underwood from the Netflix show House of Cards. Great show. If you haven't seen House of Cards, yeah, put put it on your list in in your queue of shows to watch because House of Cards is absolutely spectacular. Uh, he plays a power hungry politician, and I, I this was a, a fake interview. I mean, it was a real interview. But was he, he playing a part? Was he being there, real? There's so yeah, he what was clearly is going he was, on. He was, there's so much going on with this, and the fact that it was you know Tucker dropped it right around Christmas, and, mm-hmm. and you know Twitter was 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 a buzz with this over the entire holiday. There's so much going on here, uh, but yeah, he was clearly doing the interview not as Kevin Spacey, but as his character from House of Cards, Frank Underwood. Okay, um, well, let's hear part of it. This is uh, Frank, I, I guess you would call him Frank Underwood and not Kevin Spacey. This is Frank Underwood talking with Tucker Carlson. That may be true, actually, but then they're protected by the First Amendment. They can say whatever they want. You believe in the First Amendment, I assume. Of course I do. Look, people spewing ridiculous ideas is nothing new, and they should always have that right. But the problem is, somewhere along the way, we started listening. And we should remember the salient words of Benjamin Franklin, who said, do not believe anything of what you hear and only half of what you see. He wasn't telling people to stop talking. He was telling us to stop listening. So let's stop blaming bots and college kids and start telling leaders what leadership really means. I love it, but how do you do that? Well, this country is mired in so much contradiction and confusion, we don't even know how we can help anyone anymore because we can't agree who needs help. I mean, what doesn't come with a trigger warning these days? I mean, Tucker, we are far too close to having a beanbag chair in the Oval Office. We coddled everybody. Okay, you think you're a rabbit, that's fine. But let me tell you something. You sure as hell aren't gonna see someone walking through my White House in bunny ears and a tail unless it's Easter. Okay, so at one point during the interview, uh, Tucker Carlson asked Kevin Spacey's Underwood if he would consider running for president in the upcoming 24 election. Uh, But he says in that clip, we need to start telling our leaders how to lead. If they're leaders, shouldn't they already know how to do that? Isn't that the whole point? That is kind of the definition of leadership is that you lead and others follow. Not not the followers saying, hey, do this and then you do it. Yeah, Yeah. generally that's the case. Um, It reminded me of um, the National Gallery in Washington, D.C. There used to be, you know, they've got all the portraits of the presidents hanging there. And at one point they had a picture of Kevin Spacey as Frank Underwood in the National Gallery like a presidential portrait. I believe they've taken it down. I would say they probably have <laughs> taken it down, yes. But uh, keep this in mind. He has been cleared of any wrongdoing or any accusation against him, and uh, so... I loved everything about this. I'm a huge House of Cards fan, so mm-hmm. just to see Kevin Spacey kind of reprise that character, even you know with an interview with Tucker Carlson, yeah. as a fan of the show, was very interesting and cool. Totally bizarre, because you generally don't see actors do a complete interview in character right where they never break character what shocked me was how many people on social media didn't realize that he that kevin spacey was doing this as frank underwood right they thought they thought this was kevin spacey talking not 
the Frank the Underwood character talking. So that was really interesting on Twitter and social media over the holidays. Yeah, Kevin Spacey has has had a lot of you know very difficult allegations against him. You know, you know, sexual assault of minors and, mm-hmm. and and adults and all that sort of stuff. None of those ever you know went anywhere. He was never convicted either in a civil or criminal court for any of those issues there. And then there's been a lot of conspiracies that this has generated. Things around, you know, the fact that, you know, this was a warning shot to elites within Washington and Kevin Spacey has information and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I really don't know what to make all of it, but I absolutely love it. I, I, I'm, I'm in 100%. I thought this was fascinating. It was interesting. And I have no, I'll be honest, I have no idea what any of it means. Do you think it's just a promotion? Like, I'm wondering if it's not a stunt for Netflix. Well, you know, he was fired from Netflix. He was fired in 2017. And, and they had to finish the show without, without him. him. And and for those of you that were fans of House of Cards, that last season was absolute trash. It, it was, was a big it, stinker. It, it, it was terrible and it was no good. <laughs> he, he deserves a better ending. I, I, I'm, I, you know, again, the show, the fans deserved a better ending. Again, he hasn't been convicted of anything. Mm-hmm. These were all just allegations. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty. I'd like to see him reprise the role as Frank Underwood again um, and, and do it. I think that would be a stretch. It doesn't seem like Netflix is the type of company that is willing to uh, generally go out on a limb yeah. for somebody like this and bring them back into their fold after he was after he was abruptly fired. From it the reminds role. me of that uh, when Snoop dog came out and said i'm quitting smoking and then a few days later you find out that it was for his smokeless stove that he was promoting right he said i'm no longer smoking pot and then it turns out i'm vaporizing pot or whatever it is yeah yeah there does seem to be like this is a precursor to something else that's coming like Mm -hmm. this isn't just all of it that there's something else coming it does have that feel to it and and I can't even imagine what it would be, but 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 kudos to Tucker. And Tucker's done a great job of this. He's had some 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 guests you wouldn't expect, Ice Cube among others that he's had on there. Tucker does an outstanding job of always being interesting. It's, um, he's never boring. So at one point, Tucker Carlson was asking him if he ever watched Netflix anymore. And this Kevin Spacey <laughs> was pretty funny with his answer. By the way, do you watch Netflix anymore? Probably as much as you watch Fogs. Fair. <laughs> so that doesn't mean that you're gone, though, from Netflix. I don't. I don't even know if you're aware of this, but every time a person pulls up the Netflix app, you're there in some way. Have you seen this? Yes, you know what that is. Boom, boom. So it is bizarre that they decided to publicly cut ties with me on allegations alone, allegations that have now been proven false, because I don't think there's any question. Netflix exists because of me. I put them on the map and they tried to put me in the ground. I, I had no idea that the the Netflix logo sound was from Frank Underwood hitting his ring on the desk. Or if they're just making that yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if any of that's true or not, but again, it's all interesting. Right. And, and, and I love to see all of this. And it's it's it, it, if you have not watched, like I said, it's 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 a short interview. It's not the typical hour-long. Seven long, minutes, yeah. It's not the typical hour-long Tucker interview that he's been dropping on Twitter lately. So it's, it's only seven minutes. But if you haven't seen it, go search it out on Twitter because it, it, it's just, it's bizarre, it's weird, and it feels like there's something else that's going to be coming soon. Um 
related to this. It's just very weird. So did Santa come to your house? Uh, we have now entered the 68th year of uh, NORAD Santa Tracker, and they, of course, follow Santa Claus across the globe. Did you know it started out as an accident? I've heard the story before. Yeah, it started out from a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. An accidental phone call. Check this out. NORAD has been tracking Santa for 68 years this year. It started in 1955 when a, a local store misprinted a phone number for a hotline where children could call and talk to Santa on Christmas Eve. And instead of reaching the Santa, they reached the Continental Air Defense Command's Operations Center, which was an unlisted number. The officers on duty that night realized that they had this opportunity to talk to the kids, and we've continued that tradition every year since. It starts months in advance. Um, a lot of work great volunteers after tomorrow they'll start planning for next year that's that's how important this is for the community to enjoy we have this opportunity to provide this great joyful peaceful engagement with children around the world norad tracks santa using the same technology norad uses every single day of the year to keep north america safe we still don't know the magical capabilities like how does Santa move so fast? And we still don't know how someone who's about 260 pounds can get down any chimney. But again, that's the magic of Santa Claus and kind of the, the spirit of Christmas. Okay, so by all accounts, they are now already working on next year's Christmas at uh, NORAD. Hey, I, uh, spoiler alert, Santa weighs 260, 260 pounds. pounds. I had no idea. And, but, and no this idea. is NORAD, which is, you know, very strong intelligence and, and data gathering organization. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that as fact. Mm -hmm. Santa, Santa Claus, 260 pounds. Highly, had no idea. Highly sophisticated, had no idea that they could pinpoint exactly how many cookies Santa Claus has had. All right, so Vivek Ramaswamy, he was on Fox News with Maria the other day and uh, you know you remember how he said that he would uh, withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary unless Trump was allowed back on the ballot and uh, they had a discussion about that Vivek kick us off here why did you say you will remove your name from the ballot tell us what this decision from the Supreme Court of Colorado means today well, it's an unconstitutional and flagrant violation of the way we conduct elections in this country, Maria. This is not the way we do things in the United States of America. We, the people, are the ones who select our leaders, not unelected cabals of Democrat judges in back offices. Now, the reason I made the statement I did, Maria, is very practical. If every Republican in the Colorado GOP primary also says we're not participating, then this blatant act of election interference has no impact. So I wanted to lead by example to say that if they are going to forcibly remove Trump's name from that ballot, then I would voluntarily remove myself too and called on Chris Christie and Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis to do the same thing. I have to say I was disappointed to hear radio silence or worse from those other candidates who said they wanted to still collect their delegates. I think there's no point in actually collecting a small number of delegates if we're tolerating this level of blatant election interference. But I am a problem solver. I think that that is one way the Republican Party can solve this problem. And, you know, within minutes of my hearing this, that's exactly what I felt was the right move to make. And so I announced that. And I say this to somebody, Maria, I am running to win this election. It would be a lot easier for me, for us, if Donald Trump weren't in the race to win. But what are we winning for? It's to protect a constitutional republic. And that's the first principle we have to stand for above all. So wow. that's why I made the decision that I did. Um, he's right. You've heard radio silence from the other candidates.
Nobody else came out and said, yeah, good call. We're going to remove our names from the ballot as well. I, I I don't think they have to. Vivek has done. You know, he did the heavy lifting he, he for did everybody the heavy else. Li- that's exactly right. And yeah. so and so from a strictly political, you know, strategy standpoint, it's probably best that the rest of the candidates stayed silent to protect their own position and to give them the leeway and the option to do whatever they want. I mean, Vivek has boxed, him, boxed himself into a corner on this. If for whatever reason Trump ends up via appeal or whatever not being on the Colorado ballot. Vivek's going to have to follow through and pull himself off. The other candidates still have the option of doing either or. And and so you're right. Vivek did the heavy lifting. The others are just going to pretend like this never happened and go on with business as usual. A lot of people say that he's a little bit uh, too smooth. Maybe uh, ABC always be closing. He's a bit of a salesman. Is it because we're just not used to hearing the truth from our politicians. I think he's got a little bit of both going on. I think there is a little bit of a of, of a salesman. He's uh-huh. all he's always pitching. Well, he is always a businessman. He is a businessman. He's always obviously you don't get that far in business without being great at sales. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of that. But he also says things that no one else is willing to say as well. But then again, he also does things that come across as very genuine. I think this is why people can't get a good handle on Vivek because we're getting kind of different signals from him at all times. Sometimes he comes across as really genuine and honest and authentic and other times it's like he's trying to sell us an extended warranty uh, and then other times he says things like this and and you don't know what to think right uh so that's a, not good for a politician you've really kind of got to pick one lane and stay with it uh but it certainly makes it interesting to watch that's for sure it is 9:47. you're listening to the kendall and casey show on 93 wibc Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. away from 10 you're listening to the kendall and casey show on 93 wibc my name is casey daniels rob kendall has the day off and jim roberts the dude is here in the studio this morning so today uh two turtle doves by the way uh many people get the 12 days of christmas <laughs> wrong they think it is the 12 days leading up to christmas actually the 12 days of christmas are the days after christmas so uh on the first day of christmas which was yesterday a partridge in a pear tree right today Two turtle doves. Wait, so the 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas Day. Correct. It starts on Christmas Day. It doesn't end on Christmas Day. Right. And it's a total of 40 birds. Is that what it is? That's a lot of birds. If you get the 12 (laughs) days of Christmas, you just better be ready to take care of 40 birds. That bird's crazy. Uh, Okay, well, let's, uh, on uh, Two Turtle Dove Day, let's hear from uh, President Trump uh, in case you missed it. We're doing a little little bit of pickup today on our our first day back to work. Recap from what happened uh, the last four or five days. In case you were in a a media blackout or you weren't paying attention, uh, here is uh, Donald Trump's Christmas message. Melania and I would like to wish everyone a happy, joyous, and wonderful Christmas season. In this holy time of year, Christians everywhere give thanks that over 2,000 years ago, God sent His only Son into the world to be the Savior of all mankind. The birth of Jesus Christ is the true miracle we celebrate each Christmas. 
He is the ultimate source of our joy, our hope, and our sense of peace and goodwill as we gather with family and loved ones. It is such a great time of the year. This is why we can never stop saying that beautiful phrase, Merry Christmas. This holiday, we give thanks for many blessings God has bestowed upon us. We pray for the safety of our men and women in uniform at home and abroad. And we ask God to guide us, give us strength, and watch over us in this pivotal year ahead. With His help, by this time next year, we will be well on our way to making America safer, stronger, greater, and more prosperous than ever before. Once again, Melania and I wish you a very Merry Christmas. God bless you all. May 2024 be the best year of our lives. So the thing that surprised me just a little bit about his message, it was a video message, is that he wasn't in front of any Christmas trees or anything seasonal. I mean, he was standing in front of American flags, which you would expect, and he had an American flag pin on his lapel, uh, blue suit, red tie, typical Trump. I was a little surprised that there wasn't uh, a tree. Yeah, him. ultimately it was a political message and not a yeah. and not a Christmas message. Um, but compare that to, uh, you remember this classic, this uh, moment from the Bidens, they were doing a live stream. This took place a year ago. And uh, somebody, somebody got a little dig in. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry thanks. Christmas, and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I forgot all about that. Yeah. I'm so glad you played that. I had completely forgotten about that from last year. Uh, so 81 million votes, but less than uh, 2,000 people on a live stream. I don't know. That's the president of the United States. Yes, and he got had, did a Christmas greeting a Christmas on a live, live stream, stream <laughs> and got less than 2,000 people to show up for sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. Hey, let's talk about this poll, this uh, Melania Trump versus Jill Biden in a festive face-off. Uh, so Daily Mail did this poll, and they were revealing which first lady's Christmas decor really brought more holiday cheer to the White House. And you'll be shocked to find out yeah you probably won't be shocked it was Melania Trump was the favorite people like the way she decorated over Joe Biden and you you recall how um they did the Christmas stock the Bidens have been hanging Christmas stockings in the White House for their uh six grandchildren yes even yes. though they had seven even though they have seven Navy of course always left out and ignored yeah. and not recognized yes uh this year's Christmas display did not have any stockings they hung zero stockings with care this year it seems that why would they have done six in the first place? Why, obviously, if you don't want to acknowledge this child, their seventh grandchild, Navy Biden, mm -hmm. fine, don't do it. That's your own prerogative. But then why do things to accentuate and point out the fact that you're publicly not right. acknowledging this child? So this was actually the smart thing. Finally, one smart thing that they've done and just... Get rid of the stockings altogether. We don't have any stockings, so we don't have to acknowledge anybody or right. anything. Exactly. Ignore them all equally. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC.